The story which you're going to learn of the story of the, of Micha and the statue which turned into a Vodazara that he made. There's two big discussions which is really Machlaikus in between the Rishonim, but are important to discuss because it's going to put the story into context. And the first question is when did the story happen? It's true, it's brought now at the end of Sefer Shoftim, but uh, Chronologically, when did it actually take place? And we have a big machlokes between the Rishonim and this point. Rashi learns and he's clearly a number of times in the parasha that the story of Micha really happens right after the death of Yosha, which means really Sefer Shoftim chronologically starts here. This story happened before everything which we learned about the previous Brachim. This is before Siyot Miknaz, before Devarah, before Gidon, before Shimshon. And the reasons go at the end. If uh, really it happened in the beginning, uh, there's two reasons given in the Mephoshim. The one is because the Navi didn't want to start the Sefer with such a negative uh, incident, which really invites Klaus from a very big way. That's the one point. The other point is because it's going to be an introduction to the story following it, the story of Pedagish Begilla, which we're also going to see when did that take place. So the first opinion is the opinion of Rashi and the number of Shem hold like that, that the story of Micha really has happened at the very beginning of the era of the Shem. The other opinion, the opinion of the Barbanel and the Radak and others, is that they disagree with Rashi, and they say that the story happened here, after Shimshim. And the Navi is written in the correct order, because this is chronologically where it took place. We will see there are a number of rise, very interesting rise. In the Psukim in both directions. So as you go through the Psukim, we'll be alert to see are there any indications in the Psukim which would help us come to a conclusion about when the story took place, obviously. If you're going to find the Pasuk which has an interpretation one way or the other way, then you're going to have to come back and explain how the other opinion learns it. But now, like most Machlekesim in Rishonim, it's really sourced in Machlekesim Chazal. Because unless we're going to explain the Divrei Chazal in the, the, in the sense of uh, Nisim, which as always one needs to explain why the Nis happens, uh, there's two different Chazals about the identity of who Micha was. The one Chazal is well known, it's a Midrash Rabbah, and that is when Moshe Rabbeinu complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he saw the suffering of the Jews in Mitzrayim, that Paris decree was that if they didn't fulfill the quota of bricks that they needed to make mm-hmm. on a daily basis, they would take children and cement them into the wall in place of bricks. Uh, inhumane, uh, torturous punishment for the Jewish people. And Moshe complains to Kodesh Baruch, Kodesh Baruch, how can you allow this? And uh, what the reader says is Hashem says to Moshe, which means that everything's happening with Ashkacha, and it's not randomly children that they're taking and putting into the wall. Rather, the, those children, which for whatever reason Hashem decided he doesn't want to be part of the Jewish people, are going to come out of Mitzrayim. Uh, Is that how Bechlaus supposed to look at such things? Now, that's, that itself needs a tremendous explanation, because, uh, it, again, whatever happens in the world is obviously a reason for. But to look at somebody who's a victim of being 
killed in such a grotesque fashion because he's a Jew, as Masker, he deserved it, because otherwise he would have been in Russia, is not necessarily the attitude we normally meant to take. Try to save people. Right, and Moshe did. And therefore Moshe tries to save the Tfidose. And Hashem allows him to take one child, so to speak, who was meant to be bricked in the wall at, and Chazal Tarah, that child became Mecha. Uh, the Mecha who was instrumental in a negative sense of building the Egel Azov, the, the, as Chazal pointed out, that when Aaron Akoyan says, I threw the gold into the fire, how did that happen? How did uh, gold, which was being melted by, turn into a golden cart? So Chazal said that Micha knew various Koychus Atuma, or Shems of, of Shadim, whatever it would be, and using whatever Koychus he had, he transformed the melted gold into a cart. So Micha, if that's the case, according to Chazal, already had a tendency for a desire right back in the middle. Uh, similarly, the boss of Vayavar Bayam Tzara, that they took a Tzara, so to speak, a co-wife, which, or competition, through the sea. Uh, on that, Chazal say, and it's a scary thing to think about, the Gemara, that Pesel Micha of Bayam, that Micha, who was saved from being written to the pyramids of Egypt, and he left together with the Jewish people. So, already then, even at Yamsuf, he was harboring idolatrous thoughts, and he took some form of a statue, which was a vessel through the sea with him as well, which shows how depraved he was, and even at, this, at the vision of the greatest uh, revelation of this in the experience, whether it was a Kriyas Yamsuf or the aftermath of Harsinai, Michal was still bent on serving away desire. And it's just trying to corroborate that Moshe shouldn't have questioned Hashem's judgment, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt that these were, the, the, for whatever reason, the children, they didn't deserve to be taken out of Mitzrayim, it would be better they remained behind in Mitzrayim and have had, had died like Kiddush Hashem rather than be saved and later on go to live the life of a Russia, so Michal would be a prime example of that. According to that Chazal, so it makes much more sense that Michal happened right after Yeshua. How old was he already? So if he was a child who was saved from Mitzrayim and we're giving him the 40 years that said that he survived the desert and then the, four, the 14 years that Yeshua was in control before he died after coming to Israel, so Michal must have been in his 50s or 60s, whatever it must have been, when the story happened, according to Rashi's interpretation. But if you're going to go with that Chazal, and say that it happened at the end of the period of the Shaitim, which is some 300 years later, so then you have to say Michal lived a tremendously long life. If it's the same Michal that Chazal are talking about, and, he, and according to the Shita of Rashi, it's completely understandable when that happened. But if you're going to say that the Michal that Chazal are talking about is, is the story of, he already happened after the death of Shimshon, and we said that nearly 300 years after Israel came into Eretz Israel, we went to Hashem before by Shimshon, and therefore we're going to say that for some reason, although Micha was such a Russia, Hashem gave him incredible Arichus Which again, one could say that this happened, we don't have to explain why, but that's the less likely interpretation. The Mashmoor of Chazal is that Micha happens much earlier on after the time of Yeshua. However, there's also another Chazal which is a Gemara. And the Gemara says that Micha had a second name. And his name was Nevot. And uh, it's Mashal the Gemara was his primary name. He was called Michal because he was somebody who was mach, who was weak, who was uh, easily enticed. Nevot, we know about. He had a son called Yeravam, who followed, if according to that Gemara, his father's idolatrous practices. As even though Yeravam ben Nevot began as a tzaddik and a tremendous time he reverted to serving Avodah Zarah and he misled Kal Yisrael. And therefore, according to the Chazal, 
the Gemara that Micha is Nevat, then it would make much more sense that the story happened at the end of the period of the Shaitan, for the same reason. If you're going to say the story happened at the beginning of the Shaitan, then again, we're mm-hmm. assuming that Micha must have lived over 400 years until the time of Yeram ben Nevat. Whereas if the story happened at the end of the Shaitan, there isn't such a big time bracket. Between the end of the Shaitan and the time of Yeram ben Nevat was the, 11, the 20 years of Eili, the 11 years of Shmuel, the 2 years of Shaul, so you're holding 33 years, the 40 years of David, and the 40 years of Shlema. So you're holding by uh, 100 years. So it could be that Yeravim, who was already older when he became the king after Shlema died, his father was alive 100 years before. And it would make more sense in the context of the story of Al-Khazal that Mecha happened later. So like I said, even though it's really in the Chalakas Roshonim, on the page when this story took place, we find the Mashmalas in Khazal in both directions. Now, that's the background to the story. There's another very big discussion here in the point, not in the Rishonim so much as in the Nachronim, but it also is going to depend on these two Chazas. And that is, did Micha begin as a Russian? Did Micha begin as a Russian? So, the Chazal we mentioned that from the word go, he was uh, something bad about him and he was just a source of ongoing uh, sins for Klai Yisrael. So then the answer is yes. Uh, he should have remained in Mitzrayim like I said, having died on Kiddush Hashem, which is what Kiddush Baruch originally had intended, if not for Moshe's tennis. And from the word go, there wasn't a, it wasn't a Micha changed. There was something which was always uh, ra about him, and that's why he was a constant source of a Mishra for Kiddush However, there are a number of questions explained differently, and uh, they pointed out from the notion <coughs> of the Pasuk that at the beginning of the story is called Micha Yahu, and later on he gets, his name gets changed to Micha. And they say that Mechiyahu is really got the Yud Kevav Hashem Hashem, which is a sign of a tzad. And therefore, the, according to them, obviously not going with the Chazal we mentioned before, uh, something changed. Mechiyahu didn't start as a Russia. He started as a good person. And for whatever reason, you're going to have to understand the Psukim, what changed and he became, he changed from being Mechiyahu, he was somebody, his name, so to speak, is indicative of his righteousness, Changed to Micha, which became the Russia. Okay, so that, those are the two uh, backgrounds and pieces of information we need to know before we start the story. Number one, when it took place, and number two, what was the pre, the history of Micha before we get to this event? There is another Chazal also, which is very hard to understand. There's another Chazal which says Micha was Sheva ben Bichri. Sheva ben Bichri was somebody who rebelled against David Melech, and uh, the reason I say that is because the, the Lashon that Sheva ben Bichri used when he announced his rebellion against David was that he don't have a chedek in based David or Ben Yishai and Mashmoaz also was a don't have a in Hashem and therefore we see somebody else who also had a very desire tendencies and they, they want to say that uh, it's a Chazal which is Mashmoaz that's the same person that's also very hard to understand that they shouldn't point out that it's, uh, it's very hard to understand because Sheva ben Bichri, as we know, is from Sheva ben Yamin, like the Pasuk says there. Micha, like you're going to see, us from Harif And therefore, to say it's the same person is very difficult to say. The Mishmas was from two separate Shvatim. And therefore, there are those that want to explain in Chazal that they had a symbol in nature, or that one was Mushra from the other one, or was the time of the other, whatever it's going to be. But to say it was one and the same person is, also, is very difficult. Also, like you're going to see in the story, Micha doesn't get involved so much in the politics of Klai Yisrael. He was doing his own thing, like you're going to see, and therefore decided he was, became a, a rebel against David Amalek, 
It's also a very hard to understand. But again, there is such an illusion. And uh, the, like I said, the Mephoshim discuss how, how, how that could possibly be understood. Okay, so that's the background to the story of Mecha. Now, there is one thing which is said in Mecha's credit. The Gemara Sinedrin asks, when it gives a list of the people that lost the Chayyim Ha'adam Abba, Menashe and Achav and whatever it's going to be, Yerava, so Gemara asks, why wasn't Mecha brought in the list too? As somebody who perpetuated Rabbi Dazara and was Mashal the Rabbin, why was he why wasn't he excluded from Alamaba? And the Gemara says because Michael won redeeming good quality and then he was a big Mahmasarkin. Kids the Mitsuda Ibrahim, Mikha besides for purveying Rabbi Dazara, but the Mason used to offer free hospitality for everybody who went past his home. And uh, it's a tremendous fiddish. But the Gemara says and therefore even though somebody was in the category of Ibn Rabbi Dazara but the fact that he was a Machas Archim somehow ameliorated the crime, which is an explanation. Because when you talk about Ikrim, when you talk about the Halacha, a person is a Khaifu Beheka, the Halacha is that he is an Khaifu Ramaba. The fact that he happens to have other mitzvahs, like the Gemara says, obviously, it's not called mitzvahs and Mason Taifu, that shouldn't change anything. If that's the case, if Micha was a Khaifer, he was someone who believed in the Vedazar and Al Mashem, so then if that's the case, even if he had Mason Taifu, why would that help? He didn't deserve Adam Abba because of the very of Adam So that's true, the Gemara needs an explanation. Later on in the story of the Micha, we'll find the explanation of what the Gemara means. But then again, the Gemara seems to say that Micha had uh, at least that Maila, which was a redeeming faction. There's also one more Chazal to mention before we start, and that is there's a Chazal at Tan Veriyo. And Tan Veriyo says that Akadish Baruch gave us a Steris Adivis, as we know. And there were ten Rishayim who came, and each one was Mavite, was rebelled against one of the Sarasa Devas. And the first one on the list is Micha, brought by Nechi. The fact that the first of the Devas is Akhar Ishbara says that I'm Hashem and then the other. And Micha, by making the Vedazara, he rebelled against the first of the ten Devas. And the next one that the Tanya brings is Yeravam, brought by Lahiyanacha. That is Yeravam was the one who disregarded the second Debra, which is not to make other gods. Yeravam, as you know, made two calves which he worshipped and convinced other people to worship too. And therefore that was uh, the the Be'itza, so to speak, the disregard for the second of the ten Debras. And obviously it needs explanation. What's the difference between the two? Micha made Navarizar, Yeravam made Navarizar. Micha's Avarizar was worshipped, Yeravam's Avarizar was worshipped. So what's the difference that Micha's Avarizar was considered the and Yeravim's of Erezara was considered a Be'itza in Layyarecha. So I saw an explanation brought one of the Akronim, I don't remember his name, but it says like this. There's a pasuk in the Torah which the Mephoshim used to say the Torah is foretelling the story of these two of Erezaras. Of Erezara of Mecha and of Erezara of Yeravim. The pasuk says of the Sarah of don't make iti with me, Elihei Kasef, and Elihei Zav, don't answer the And the obvious question of the is number one, why does it put Kasef equals Zav? Normally, Zav is considered at a higher level than Kasef. And number two, why is when it comes to Elihei Kasef, does it say iti, or it comes to Zav, does it say Lachem? What's the difference? You shouldn't make with Hashem Elihei Kasef, 
And you shouldn't make for yourselves a nahiza. What's in the So Rashi already addresses from the Pasuk. And Rashi says what he's talking about is the Kruvim. And therefore, the Kruvim is the best image of Menti made out of gold. If a person would make Kruvim out of silver, it would be considered a way desire. And therefore, the Pasuk is like Tasun Itzi and Ahikasa. What's in the base of Mikdash is meant to make out of gold. That's the Kruvim I want you to make. But if you make them the ones Itzi, the Kruvim, the base of Mikdash, out of silver and Ahikasa, then it's considered a way desire. And El Hezor, the Tasun Achim is meant to make yourself Kruvim. I don't think because a Kruvim in the base of Mikdash, I can make myself Kruvim somewhere else. Gold Kruvim, not Kruvim in the base of Mikdash. There's also a way desire. And that's why the Hezor, the Tasun Achim. So Rashi explains the Hashim very simply, the Pshat and the Pasuk. And there is when it comes to the Kruvim of Mikdash, you meant to make gold. But don't make Iti, don't make with Hashem and the Hekasif, because that would be considered a very desire. And, and Kruvim, which are replicas of the Kruvim of the Vesem Mikdash, out of gold, they Tasu Lachem. Don't make for yourself anywhere else, you don't want to call a very desire. So we understand, Rashi is explained the Pshat in the Pasuk. But the Varshim say that, this, that, the, that, that the Pasuk is being Miramis to the two of the desires that they were in Kaisra. The first one is the Pestle of Mecha, which is made out of silver, like you're going to see. And that's the Tassan Yitzhah Hekasif. And the second one was the carbs of Yerav and Nevat, which made out of gold. And that's the Hezor and Tassan Lachem. So what's the difference between, uh, the, that's why the silver comes first, because Mecha came before Yerav. But why, is, why does the one say Iti and the one say Lachem? So Chazal say a very scary thing. Mecha, like you're going to see, lived in Har Ephraim. Har Ephraim was where Shireh was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very far from the Mishkan. And Chazal say in Lashem that the smoke which came from the Mizbech and Shida and the smoke coming from the altar that Micha built with the Benzer mingled. They were very close to each other. So that's considered Iti. Domekelahe Kesef Iti, next to me, right where the Mishkan is. That's a certain, uh, an extra added chutzpah, so to speak, to make a, some, something else right in the proximity of the Mishkan. Whereas when it came to Yerobam, the whole point that he made the, his, his golden calves was so people shouldn't go to Yerushalayim. We were scared that people would go to Yerushalayim and they would see that really the Melech of Beistovit gets respected in Yerushalayim. And therefore the point of making the Rehizov was to prevent people going to Yerushalayim. It wasn't Eti. It was away from me. And therefore, the, that was the Ta'asu Lachem. They make for yourselves as something separate as the opposition to Yerushalayim. As an alternative. Now, if we understand that principle, then we get to the next point. And that is, there's a difference between the, 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 the first of the Debra Sunaychi and the second Debra of Rayyadah. Because the, the, and the question we bring out, where's the, if there's a Vodazara that a person, so to speak, worships a Vodazara instead of Hashem. That's one kind of Vodazara. There's something else which is called Shita, which means a person can worship Hashem and the Vodazara. Uh, there's a discussion in the Gemara if the Isr for Goyim is only Avodah Zara as opposed to Hashem or even if a Goyim uh, Muzar is warned not to serve something besides Hashem that's a discussion the person can bring up and where would the Isr where would the Shorish be for each one so the Isr of Avodah Zara in place of Hashem is the second Debra not make other gods in front of Hashem Hashem is something else you worship in place of Hashem Whereas the Isra of Shitu, the Adis is Machlokas, I agree, but there are posts we learn it from Anaychi. That it's exclusive. Hashem Zechot. Anaychi Hashem Lekech and nothing else. And if that's the case, we can understand the Tanit Vedio very well. Mecha didn't stop from going to Shitu. Everyone wants to go to Shitu, can go to Shitu as well. They can do both. The one wasn't in place of the other one. And if that's the case, Mecha's Avodah Zara wasn't in Avodah Zara 
which was claiming to you know, come here instead of Sheila. It was a ghetto shit if they were right next to each other. On the same trip, you could make, you can go and put the both of them. And therefore, the Issa was a, it was a bit tonight, and the fact that Hashem and nothing else. Whereas Yerobim, the whole point he built is of Yerobim, was meant to be as a replacement to the best of People shouldn't serve Hashem. They should only serve by Him. If that's the case, the Avera was the Le'yelach. And that's why each one's given a separate, uh, so to speak, distinction, we call it a distinction, of what it was that they did wrong. Okay, so that's the background to around the Chazals that they always talk about, Mecha, and uh, after all that, we can start the Pesukim. Okay, so the first point, by he Ishmael Ephraim, there was a man from Har Ephraim, his name was Mechiel. Now, I already hear the three Dukim in the Pasuk uh, that seem to indicate that Mechiel was the man of Hashemus. The first one, Ish. Normally, that's a term used for a tzaddik. The Ish is a sign of Hashemus. And when you talk about a person as an Ish, well, such rules start the same way. Ish Echad, meaning the same term from Har Ephraim, which we have uh, also, a sign of Hashivas, of importance. When it talks about a Russia, it doesn't normally start with the title of Ish, of giving Hashivas. Hazal Dorishim, Brother Miragli. It says, Kula Manoshim, they were men of importance, men of stature. And if that's the case, the introduction the Novi gives us to Micha is Mashman, not that he was a rebel and outcast, he was considered somebody of Hashivas. Now, see Harry Frame. Harry Frame was, at the time when Shiloh was the home of the Mishkan, was, so to speak, the Prime location of Israel, that was the center of where everyone was. Similarly, we can compare it to the Pasuk that talks about Shmuel's father, Al-Khanna, who was also, who was Mahari Prime, who was Nefrasi. That was considered also a, a hush of a person. And the last one was Shmuel Mechiel. And this Chazal already said that when it talks about the Russia, it says the person and then his name. Lavan Shmuel, Naval Shmuel. When it talks about the Tzadik, it says Shmuel, whatever. His name goes in front of him with the sign of the tzaddik, and the Gemara itself asks on this kind of, this din of, of Michiel. When it brings examples of tzaddikim, it says Shmuel, wherever it might have been, and says that the Gemara wants to make a rule out of that. That you see that it's a sign of Hashivas if a person's name is, is, is mentioned and his name was whatever, and the Gemara also Shmuel and thus the Gemara says that Michiel had a ma'ila that he was a big Makis Archim. And therefore, when he first introduced to Micha, before we get to the story of Avayi Zara, when he first introduced to Micha, he's given a title of Hashivas. That's what he was known for. That's what he was known for. And uh, if that's the case, then we're not talking about uh, his emunah or anything else. When the process of introducing Micha to us, Micha was a known person. He was a known person because he was the Machas Arech on the way to Shiloh. Shiloh was in Hari Ephraim, and Micha had an open home. Everyone coming to Shiloh, they used to stay by Micha. As we're going to see later on, also, it's not very different to what you find later on in the time of the base of Mikdash. There were people whose job it was to take care of the Lord But the people coming to base of Mikdash, who was going to feed them, who was going to make sure they have drinks or places to stay, there were people who looked after the Lord God. Again, or whatever it was, there were people that was their distinction. And if that's the case, Micha's Maila, at the beginning at least, he was the person of Hashivas on Har Ephraim, which is where the Mishkan was. And he was the Machmas Archim. People knew him as a place that uh, they used to stay when they used to come to Shira. Did he have, there was his intention was in order to lure people in? Or it sounded no, like... this was before before he started the Vayizar. That was before he started the Vayizar. At the stage, he still called Mechiyah, which he said, and uh, some of the question is as being a title of Hashem. Okay. Okay, so that's an uh, introduction to Mechiyah. 
edition tomorrow, we're going to see right to the story of what led what led to the Avaita Zara, with both sides of the picture. Either the position of Micha was always a Russia, or the position of Micha became a Russia. We'll have to explain the next few sukkim in both different interpretations of what happened to Micha, at least according to the way we understood Pasukalev, was considered a Hashem person, and how he ended up becoming uh, somebody who was not a Avaita Zara.